if your spouse is coming to you wanting to talk about themselves viewing porn, often there's shame around it. And they don't want to talk about it because of that shame. And so when they come to you, if you add on to that shame and make them feel worse about what they're already doing, they're not going to want to talk to you about it. What's up, everybody? This is Matt here with the Husband in Law Podcast. This is where we share our stories of love, ex love, marriage, ex marriage, divorce, ex divorce, and coming out of a closet that needed to be opened, and so much more. This podcast is for those who are looking to up their relationship game by understanding first yourself and then others, like your wife, your husband, and your wife's ex husband, on a whole new level. Welcome to the Husband in Law Podcast. Let's get this party started. Penny was going off last night. She had put on like two or three different shirts to go to bed in because she kept smelling herself and she didn't like it. <laughs> She's always smelling her armpits at that time. <laughs> well, this was like the yeah. smell from the detergent. Mm, okay. so but bad. she is starting to actually get stinky now and needs to wear deodorant well, every day. she checks a lot. So she's getting in the habit. I've been trying to remind her. I'm like, I'll keep reminding you until you get in the habit of putting it on every day. So, yeah. she's. I can't stand not having deodorant on. My armpits feel weird until it's on. Yeah. Well, she'll get to that point. But right now she's still, she's not used to it. She also wants to start shaving her legs. (laughs) Do you not allow her to? No, she can shave them. Oh. (laughs) It's fine. She decided with the boot on that she was going to wait. And now I think she, now that the boot's off. <laughs> Good, that boot's so stinky. I laughed so hard. Can you wash the boot? I don't know. When she's like, Daddy, I don't have to wear my boot anymore. And I'm like, then why are you wearing it? Because I only packed one shoe. I'm not in the habit of grabbing my other shoe. <laughs> That's funny. So she's still wearing it to school for the next couple of days, just... Because her foot like feels weird, like it's sore mm-hmm. from not having it oh, in the yeah. boot. Probably better just have it off. Yeah, home so we're, we're easing into it. We're easing her into it, but the boot is is. <laughs> it was really funny when on vacation driving home. She's like, oh, "I'm just not going to wear my boot home because we're hardly walking anywhere. It'll be fine." And then she realized she had no shoes. <laughs> that was, and that's the night you saw her. Just the left shoe. Just the left shoe. <laughs> hilarious i was like oh yeah we only packed left shoes because you're in your boot <laughs> how was your weekend steve yeah. that's good very nice i'm glad i didn't do anything big like i had planned initially i needed just a chill weekend. relaxing weekends because this weekend's a big weekend coming up it is my next several weekends are but this one's pride weekend are you excited i am what are you going to i don't know i mean all three days of the festival stuff because i'm running one of the I'm running the hospitality tent. But, oh, you are? Uh-huh. Same oh. as the last two years. Why are you so cool like that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Do you need a new shirt to wear? Is it because you were in the Gun hospitality Navy. industry for so long and they're like, you know what? Could be. Steve knows hospitality. I don't know. He how can I, have that. I don't know how I ended up doing that, but I did it three years ago at Pride and just keep doing it every year. Sweet. So I'll do the setup and the takedown and it's the hospitality tent for those that are sponsors or yeah. VIPs or city officials or I don't know who Me. All gets passes to that. Not you. <laughs> Sorry. You don't get in. Why not? Uh, How do you get in? The guy would give me a pass. The main guy. Just kidding. The guy. I don't know if I should say his name the or guy. not. So. <laughs> I try not to use names when I don't have to. I enjoy doing it though. I mean, it's a nice way to volunteer and rub shoulders with people who are 
involved in putting on the festival and it's like the best spot to watch the, All the performances things. from so yeah in the shade right next to the stage open bar are you going <laughs> to like the uh drag brunch or anything i don't know i've always wanted to go to one of those matt wouldn't go with me she asked me like three days ago uh do you want to go with me to the drag brunch you ever been to a drag show no there's tons of them at the balcony if you ever want to go to one yeah i want to go please let me know I guess I could probably, do they have an Instagram I can follow? When's the next one? We'll all go. <laughs> <laughs> Please. There's I'd a, make you so happy. Hmm. There's also a burlesque right now. Ooh, burlesque What does fun. that mean? Burlesque competition. It's Boise's next burlesque star or something. It's a 10 What is burlesque? <laughs> I don't even know how to describe burlesque. It's like performances in lingerie, mm-hmm. usually. Moulin Rouge. Did you see Moulin Rouge? I saw the music video. Have you video. seen Burlesque, the movie? Burlesque, Burlesque. the movie. <laughs> no. Have you seen, is it Chicago? Chicago, yeah. No. I don't know okay, well, I, Moulin I Rouge, Chicago, you have an idea of what Moulin Rouge it. was. It's yeah. like that type of stuff. Oh, okay. Come on a Sunday night and you'll find out. <laughs> so this is drag yeah. burlesque? No, this no, is just this burlesque. Is just burlesque. Oh. We want to go to a drag show. I want to go to a drag yeah. show specifically. Burlesque I just is thought fun of it because too, but... There's usually, or starting in January, there's Boise's Next Drag Superstar, which is like a 10-week competition of 10 new drag queens that one gets eliminated every week, etc. Can women enter those? Yeah, as kings, drag kings. So I'd have to dress up as a guy? Uh Uh-huh. I'd be really little. (laughs) (laughs) You're an aspiring drag king, Jessica? I haven't seen drag queens. Now I want to look up drag kings. I'm going to look that up after this episode. (laughs) <laughs> I just think it'd be fun. They seem like such like a fun group to be a part of. I've never been Go to a drag it. show, but this is how I feel. Anyways, we went to uh, back to school Pride Night. We did. How'd that Down go? Down at BYU. It was good. Big yeah. turnout? Yeah, they had a good turnout, yeah, I feel there was like. there a lot of people. It was a constant stream of people, I felt yeah. like. You yeah. You guys had a booth, right? Or mm-hmm. a table or something? It was fun to see some of our listeners in person. Yeah, that was Did awesome. they know... You some guys of were going to be there from Instagram, or did they just yeah, find Some of you? us Most knew of we were going to be there, and some of us were like, oh, hey, yeah. I recognize you. I've seen you on Instagram. And I'm like, oh, that's so fun. Mm. So it was good. Utah famous. <laughs> so famous. <laughs> so famous. Our girls were there, and I kept wondering what they were thinking when people would come up and say that. Oh, hey, I've seen you on Instagram. <laughs> it's funny. So yeah, that was good. Yeah, but we decided that we can't go to an event like no. that. Just one person, two people, or we all three have to be there. We needed a deal. It was trouble. People would have. No, there's just, no. there's just a lot more connection mm-hmm. in telling our story. Yeah. Because every time somebody would come up to the booth, they're like, all right, tell me, what are you guys, like, what are you? It's like awkward yeah, not like, having you there. <laughs> it's like, oh, You're well. Like, we have this Two really good relationship here. with and Jessica's we're... ex-husband, and he does everything with us except this. And yeah. I have to say, and then it feels awkward saying every time my ex-husband, who's gay, just because I feel like I'm, oh, so, I don't know, mm. like flaunting it flaunting in a weird it. way, gotcha. like yeah. owning it as that makes me cool uh, because my ex-husband's gay, which isn't- What we're going for. No, but we're at a pride night, and- that is my journey. Yes, Steve, you don't make me cool, okay? 
<laughs> You're not the one that makes me That's cool. That's what I heard from that. It makes us unique. <laughs> it makes us unique for sure. But like the journey of me becoming an ally and for why I'm at Pride Night is because of my relationship with you. Yeah. And that's what's intriguing well, to people. Yeah. And the people who caught that vision by us explaining what we do were like, oh. And people who didn't know who we were were like instantly getting the podcast, like pulled out their phones. Mm. Are you on Spotify? Yeah. Cool. Constantly. <laughs> Are you guys on Spotify? Yep. It was funny that Spotify was the one every time. Yeah. Maybe Spotify is getting bigger. Well, sorry, I didn't join. You guys invited me. We missed you. Well, you needed a relaxing I did. weekend. I, yeah, I didn't need another trip. We had fun. I mean, yeah, it was fun. Sunday, the people we stayed with, they have a movie room, theater room. And so Penny all, was all about it. Yeah. We all watched a movie together, which rarely happens. Cruella. No. Oh. <laughs> she watched Cruella in the car. You guys need to watch it. She didn't watch I it. I know. Closely. I've tried to take her to it. And she's like, I don't really want to see that movie. So when she told me she watched it, I'm like, Penny. You watched it without me. She's like, my dad's going to kill me. My dad's going to kill me. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's right. I was going to. <laughs> but you guys should watch it soon because she's all excited. She seriously it. like thought she was in trouble. She's like, Teddy, it's okay. We can watch it again together. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the fact that the people who we stayed with, they basically said, hey, come watch the movie. We're doing this. Yeah. What like, did they you wouldn't watch? start it without me. Oh, yeah. They wouldn't. We watched Jungle Cruise. Oh, okay. With the rock. With the rock. Yeah. <laughs> so dreamy. <laughs> oh Just to be clear, Matt's the one that said so dreamy. In case yeah. anybody's. <laughs> I don't find the rock dreamy. I don't either. His acting is awful. I do. I just want to have big muscles like him. I think he's a great guy. Like, I genuinely think he's a good guy, but I don't find him attractive. Oh, okay. Well, I just don't find his acting skills at all. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it was Not that fun... I could do any better, but... I thought it was a fun movie. Yeah, it was. It was cute. It was fun to watch it. Their whole family was in the movie room. Our whole family was in the movie room. And Jessica, so... after the movie, we were like, when was the last time we watched a movie? <laughs> like, Me and one, her and I together, mm -hmm. and then with two, with the whole family. Yeah. It's it was funny. great. Penny and I do it all the time. Penny came to snuggle with me and Matt stole her. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> And what? then she switched over. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't mind. I was thinking about that, actually. And I was like, I feel like I've kind of had this, like, inkling to snuggle more. Uh-huh. And I'm realizing that my children are getting older and not wanting to snuggle. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, Penny still has this drive to want to <laughs> snuggle. And I'm like, give me some of that <laughs> kind of a thing. Why are you feeling more of it lately? I bet it's because I want to snuggle more because my kids don't want oh. to. I'm sure it's because his kids are needs, getting older. that needs going unmet yeah. now. Yeah. And Hello. So, what? Hello. Yeah. I, <laughs> I snuggle with you all the time every night. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> do I not? Yeah, you do. Okay. Most of the time. I get a foot across the bed. He'll stick his foot on me <laughs> or a hand. Sometimes my foot needs to snuggle. <laughs> it was funny. I remember the first couple years Steve and I were married. Oh, here's the thing. Like I fall asleep so fast. Yeah, it's fine. And sometimes all I can get is my foot there in time before I'm <laughs> asleep. Well, and I do sleep with what Matt calls the chastity blanket. Yeah. Which weighted is a weighted blanket. <laughs> They're so dumb. <laughs> it's like I can't even get my foot under. <laughs> what weight? 15. Okay. <laughs> it's so funny. Okay, but so speaking of snuggling, 
I remember when Steve and I were first married, we always cuddled at night, falling asleep. Did we? Yeah, to the point that I used to lay my head on your back to fall asleep sometimes when we'd get like too hot or something. I'd just roll over and lay my head like in the small of your back <laughs> and fall asleep there. Weird. It's so weird. It's weird. <laughs> I don't remember. I couldn't do that. I couldn't believe I could, but I did it. Okay. It was funny. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's purely that, Matt, your kids are growing up and now you're realizing you don't get that all the time. I know. It makes me sad. And then you're going to have grandkids in like 10 years and they'll want to snuggle. They'll snuggle. 10 years. We don't know. It's coming quick. <laughs> I know. Seems like that's the plan. <laughs> that's not the plan. Oh. I'm just throwing out there that at least 10 years would be great. Okay. At least. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So, <laughs> all craziness. Also, if anybody or any of our listeners have an in to uh, Crown Burger down in Utah, oh I would gosh. like to speak to upper management. <laughs> <laughs> so Crown Burger's closed on Sunday, which is normally when we I want to Crown go Burger. as we're leaving Utah because it's in Salt Lake and stuff. So it's not so, in Springville it's on the way out. where we mm -hmm. go stay. And it's always closed on Sunday when we're leaving because we go for the weekend, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so this time we checked Saturday to make sure it's open on Monday so that we could get Crown Burger on our way out. Mm -hmm. And it says it's open. Monday was Labor Day. Monday's Labor Day. <laughs> but apparently they're not open on Monday. We got there and On it was Labor like Day. Penny and Matt were crushed. Yeah, I heard about it from Penny. <laughs> Penny wanted Crown Burger so bad. So did I. Well, start buying it on your way down to Springville. Yeah. Save it till Sunday. No, that's not going to taste <laughs> <No>. good. <laughs> A for effort, though. <laughs> so, yeah, we were bummed. We had to eat some other burger place and it wasn't as good. It was fine, but it I wasn't it was as good. good. Yeah. This was Labor Day weekend that just passed. Uh-huh. And I think... Yeah, Crown Burger's close on Labor Day, by the way. <laughs> is it not our 10-year... A fair anniversary? A fair anniversary. <laughs> I just came up with that in my head. It's awful. <sighs> is that what you were wondering? Yeah. 10 years? Isn't it 10 years? I think it's 11. Nope, nope, 10. Something like that. So 10 years ago, Jessica was coming home to Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah. I spent some time thinking about that this weekend. It was just... I think about it every Labor Day. I do too. Not like I'm dwelling on it or being sad about it, but just like, oh yeah, that's when this happened. This is <laughs> right. It's easy to pinpoint. And especially now that it's, you know, been a decade. It was just interesting thinking about it that it literally been 10 years since where I... Where we were then, where we are yeah, now. Since I opened the door of being out. Yeah. It was interesting. So I put a post up this week about it, mm -hmm. which was... Very well received. Like there were lots of comments and stuff, except that one comment I sent you. That was the only one I saw. Everybody else was like, thank you for posting this. I feel seen. Did you read the post? No. Okay. So this lady, <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's one I've posted. I can't keep up on all the stuff you post. It's one I've posted before. So you've probably seen it at yeah. some point. But if she started dancing in the middle of a ring and doing circles, he would pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> it's called a seer wheel. Get Whatever it, right. it is. A seer wheel? Seer. C-Y-R. Seer. I like to follow artists or something on... Okay. <laughs> Back to the point. In there, talked about the affair, talked about how that night, like, you couldn't be intimate with me. That night, I came home. 
and things like that and just how hard it was. And I was real about it. I didn't put any graphic details in there. But this lady basically told me that I needed to apologize to you, that I was completely out of line for sharing. That you're just continuing to punish me 10 years later. Yeah. That I'm holding this over your head and punishing you and that I've never really seen you for who you are. And honestly, it's a comment that I've thought a lot about more than I give space for most comments, just because that's one of my fears <laughs> in sharing all of this is that I don't want you to feel like I don't see you and that I haven't let go of this and that whatever. Or that I'm defined by this mistake or something. Yeah. Or I'm holding it over your head. But I hope you don't feel that way. I don't. And you messaged that to me and just said, hey, do you feel like I owe you an apology? Do you feel like this is accurate? Do you feel the way she's telling yeah. me you feel? <laughs> <laughs> That's what it comes down to. Is this the answer person... is no, I don't feel that. I don't feel shame around it anymore. I don't feel like you hold it over my head. I feel like you own your story and you share it to promote good things. And I support that. That's good. That said, I didn't I didn't read your post, so <laughs> I was going to go read it. And honestly, I, I thought have, about I, responding to her and just, mm -hmm. but I'm like, no, you don't respond to the negative ones. It's just, there's no point. I was going to respond, and but I, all of the things I came up with were pretty sarcastic. So I was like, that's not me either. I don't want to respond with snarkiness to hers, but also, well, you, know you what don't I, you know, know my what relationship. I, I just wanted to block her. Yeah. Well, I <laughs> thought about that. Some of them I do. I didn't. If I had responded, I was just going to set the record straight and just say, yeah. well, what I just said, which is I don't feel like she holds this against me or I don't feel that she shares these with any ill, you intent. Know, Ill intent just yeah. to or keeping you from being share, who you are. Right. And it doesn't make me feel any less about myself. It, she does oh, it to good. share a good message and help people who may be going through something similar. Cool. Well, yeah. I'm glad. Okay. Today we are starting our first Dear Listener episodes. And today we're sharing it's Dear Spouse of a Porn Addict. And I put porn addict in quotes up there because I have some thoughts on the term porn addict. Especially She's doing all the air quotes right now. <laughs> As I say that. So <laughs> now we're just making air quotes. I feel like your air, your air quotes point a funny direction. They're pointing at me and what I'm saying. I know. I don't think most what air quotes point at the speaker. Don't they usually point out? Yeah. I think I'm just doing it weird because I'm talking on a mic. I don't know. How do you do air quotes, people? Let us know. <laughs> so dear spouse of a porn addict. And one of my main things that I I want to say in this, because obviously I am the one that was married to a supposed porn addict, is that I feel that the term porn addict gets used way too loosely. I think that there are people who... So it needs to tighten up a little bit? <laughs> what do you mean? I don't know what loosely means. Oh, okay. So it means, especially in our church culture, people throw around the term porn addict and are accusing, I think a lot of times women are accusing their husbands of being porn addicts when maybe they're just looking at porn every once in a while and it's not an addiction. I think that often it gets labeled as an addiction within our church more often than it should be. I wonder, is this even, like, how often is this discussed outside of the Mormon church, I wonder? Quite a bit. Is it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, because I've wondered this too, so I've looked into it to see if outside of our church, if people, like, identify porn as an addiction, like it can be addictive or things like that, and it is. Okay. It's a big deal. But 
I don't think it's labeled as an addiction so quickly as it is within our church. So just because someone looks at porn doesn't mean they're a porn addict is what you're saying. A hundred percent. And that oftentimes they are very quickly labeled as such. Mm -hmm. And I think we talked about this a little bit in a previous episode of the idea that people drink alcohol, but not everybody's an alcoholic. An alcoholic. Mm -hmm. And so there could be moderation in the use of porn and the viewing of porn without being considered a porn addict. Well, I mean, break it down. Like, what is the definition of an addict? Yeah. Yeah. Which we kind of talked about a little bit before, too, of that, like, need to have it. and You can't live without it. That's when it becomes an addiction. So I think that's one thing that as a spouse of a porn addict to be aware of, are you labeling this as an addiction when really it's not? And to rethink how you're communicating this to your spouse, because the terms you use and the way you view it impacts how they feel about it, what they're going to tell you about. So how does that change the approach if your spouse is in fact addicted to porn or if your spouse views porn but is not addicted? How does that change the approach from the spouse? I think there should be a different level of concern, quite honestly, on the part of the person without that's not looking at the porn. And I might, yeah, that you're aware that, <laughs> you know, how you address it and the level of concern around the porn is kind of, if it's not an addiction, then let's handle this at a different level than if it is an addiction. Does that kind of make sense? I mean, obviously, there's more concern if it's a legit addiction and something that is starting to control and rule this person's life than if it's just something that's happening occasionally that sure maybe needs to be addressed because you're not comfortable with it or whatever, but... Something that just is a choice that they're making. Yeah, that they just want to do. Okay. Matt's looking at me weird. Why? You just processing that? Yeah. So one of the first pieces of advice that I had that I have written up here is taking the shame out of the conversation around pornography. And I think that goes right along with this that we're talking about is that you can increase the amount of shame that your partner is feeling or you can help relieve that shame and therefore open up the conversation when you take the shame out of the conversation. So most of the time, as I've seen in, again, in our church culture, and this I'm speaking to that just because that's the reality I know and have mm, grown up that's in. What, that's the exposure you've had. Yeah. And so this could be more general. I don't really know that if somebody's coming to you, if your spouse is coming to you wanting to talk about themselves viewing porn, often there's shame around it. That if it's not something that's just out there that you're talking about, but it's like a... So they're already feeling the shame. They already have shame and they don't want to talk about it because of that shame. And so when they come to you, if you add on to that shame and make them feel worse about what they're already doing, they're not going to want to talk to you about it. This goes with your kids. This goes with anybody. Right. So if you can temper your reaction. Take it as a compliment that they're actually coming to you. Yes, that they want to connect with you, that they want to be honest with you, that they want your support in this thing. And I think this is something I tried really hard to do, Steve, whenever we had these conversations was to take that shame out of it. Because I didn't want Steve to feel shame that he was looking at porn. It was something he did. I knew he didn't love it with how... At that time, what he believed. I was doing. No. And so I didn't need to make him feel worse about that. Just like if I came to him with something that I was struggling with, I wouldn't want smoking a cigar or something. Yeah. I exactly. (laughs) I wouldn't want him to put more shame on me for that thing. 
And I feel that to this day, I think of mistakes I've made that I've been like, I don't want to talk to Steve about this. I don't want to tell Matt, like either of you guys, something that I've done. It's hard to own that, especially if you think somebody's going to make you feel worse in that moment Mm -hmm. instead of saying, I'm so glad you told me. Let's talk about this. What can I do to support you? What are you looking? What do you need? Those types of things instead of just creating more shame. And I can I can speak to that of how freaking hard it was to open up to you. Yeah. All those years ago about this, about my issues with this, because I did feel so much shame. And it was not something I, our instinct is to keep that close and hide it away and store it in some dark place and not let people know about it. So, Steve, were you ever labeled by a counselor or by a church leader or whatever as a an addict to pornography? Yeah. Who was it? Like, I'm just curious. Was it a counselor? What is it? Was it self-imposed? All of the above. Okay. Myself, counselors, bishops. Yeah. And so, and that's one of the things is I remember in that first conversation Steve and I had of you telling me about the porn, Steve, I remember just seeing your hurt and your shame and your sorrow around this and understanding that I could help and help you see the good in you and remember the good, or I could bring you down further. And hold it against you. And hold it against you. And I did not want to do that. And I didn't see the good in myself. No. In those points. When that was made known, I just felt worthless and awful and dirty and corrupt. And so any little thing that further promoted any of those feelings would have, you know, it's just, it was too much. So... Your efforts to keep it from adding more shame to what I already felt were vital. So let me ask you this question. So let's say I start finding pornography on my son's phone or device or whatever. Um, What would be your recommendation, Jessica, of me starting the conversation with him? And how can I support him? I just honestly believe having the conversation is the biggest deal of just saying, hey, I see that this is going on and expressing your views around pornography in a non-shaming way. Just saying, you know, these are the things that I feel about it. Maybe talking about a healthy relationship with pornography or with bodies, with sex in general to help him understand why maybe you aren't a fan of pornography or why you don't engage in that. And some people, I think, believe that pornography is healthy and that's fine. And figuring out then how you convey that too, because there is a, in that mindset, there is a healthy level of pornography and then there's an unhealthy level of pornography. Just like. Yeah, because my concern is that perhaps, and I'm, this is myself telling me this own story, because I could think that, oh, his mother is saying, hey, don't worry about it. Like, look at as much as you want, right? And not having the support from his mom in that sense yeah, of what my values and what my thoughts are with that. But I don't think you need the support from both no. of you. But just opening those conversations and recognizing what influence you do have in those conversations, whether it's a spouse or a child or whoever. Where is that thought coming from, though? Is this something you and Anne have, I mean, is that something she no. said or implied or? Like Matt's saying, that's just totally his that's, own. That's my own. I mean, but I know that she is totally fine with him watching some pretty graphic 
rated R movies. Hmm. There's no filter on what they are allowed to watch. Okay. Yeah. So I think that's where that's stemming from. And there hasn't been for since they were little okay. that they could watch anything they wanted. They'd watch them as a family. Not porn. We're not saying that. We don't want to make. I want to make sure that that's not. <laughs> yeah. But so that's, I think, just now Matt's where he's jumping to. Yeah. Okay. That maybe that is something that's going on. So I think just having those conversations of what you believe is healthy and understanding why you believe that's healthy and encouraging them to figure out what's healthy for them. I remember, and this is a conversation that you and I had, like when we first got married and we were uh-huh. discussing something about masturbation. Uh-huh. And you had asked me right after church sometime of like, why is it that it's frowned upon to masturbate? Like, why is that even a question that that the yeah. church clergy even asks or talk about, right? And so my personal beliefs, what I explained to you is, well, I don't want that action to numb the thoughts and feelings that I have for my spouse or something to that effect. To the other person that you're actually going to engage with. Right. You want to enjoy that too. Right. Anyways. Got it. And that could be an issue with pornography. It can lead there. That it could numb your relationships. So- First of all, my first tip is to take the shame out of the conversation, which is kind of what has led us here and understanding that. Tempering your reaction when they come to you. I understand that sometimes it's hard to check your emotions and feelings in those moments. And that's okay. It's okay to feel the real feels and whatever. But also then, I mean, I went back to Steve, I remember several times and said, hey, I'm sorry I responded that way and put my feelings or emotions back onto you. That wasn't my intention. I just reacted in the moment. I'm going to try to do better next time. And I think even just owning that and acknowledging that goes a long way in having these conversations around pornography. Because ultimately, I feel like that's the goal is just to have a communication about it in your relationship. Is this a hard conversation to have? About porn? Yeah. They were between hard us conversations. right now or back then? No. Those conversations just between me and Jessica when we were... At any time. Oh, those were hard. Oh, yeah. It was hard. Okay. I mean, it was, and sometimes, I mean, I would get to the point where I was like, I need to know what's going on with the porn. And I think for a lot of people, it's because there's this idea of, well, if they're looking at porn, then they're going to do this and that, and it's leading to bigger things. And so it gets bigger in our imaginations. And so I'm like, I just need to know that you haven't slept with somebody or like what's actually happening so that I understand where we're at. That was how it was for me. And sometimes I just needed to know what. Yeah. I was actually doing yes to set your mind at ease because yeah. probably what I was doing was not as bad as what you were imagining I was doing. For sure. <laughs> yes. A hundred percent. And I remember telling Steve sometimes, hey, I'm struggling right now with my thoughts spiraling of what's going on. Can you check in with me sometime? And sometimes needing to wait for him to be ready to check in with me, but just letting him know that I needed to chat. I need a conversation. Ready. I need a conversation when you're ready. Okay. Tip number two that also helps with taking the shame out of the conversation is remembering that this isn't about you. The pornography use isn't about you. Usually affairs aren't about you, whatever. But taking yourself out of that, like thinking they're doing this because I'm not enough, because I'm not good enough, getting out of that mindset is a big deal. And that's one thing I realized from the very beginning with Steve is (laughs) his pornography, him being gay had nothing to do with me. It was purely detached from me. Yes, it impacted our relationship, but... It wasn't a result of... Something I did. Lack of love, lack of intimacy, lack of sexual connection, lack of, I don't know. At any point, did you feel that, though? 
Did you feel like you were inadequate and was doing something wrong? I didn't, but I know that's not normal. In, yeah, I was just going to say that's totally that's not normal. Not normal. <laughs> and that's something that I've realized is not normal. Is for some reason I was very blessed and lucky that I never felt that it was about me. And I don't know if that's because Steve was really good at helping me feel loved or communicating that love or if it's just the way I am or a combination of those things. Would it have been different if I was looking at straight porn? I thought you were looking at straight porn for the first while. Okay. So the first time you told me all of this, mm-hmm. I thought it was straight porn. Right. <laughs> the only question I asked you in that about the pornography was if you were looking at child porn, because that was definitely not okay. Mm-hmm. And I've you, forgotten that, but yeah. you assured me that no way has that ever been a temptation or an issue. It's not something. Yeah, I remember you saying yeah. that would have been a deal breaker. That would have been something I, I would have really struggled with as far as I know. I don't know. One of the other things that really helped me and Steve, I think, in our marriage was taking care of ourselves. So I made sure to protect my mental health by going out for runs and finding creative outlets and doing things that brought me joy and finding ways to connect with Steve. What was a creative outlet for you? Sewing at the time was my was my jam. I mean, and that's like Steve gave me that whole, (laughs) we lived in a tiny house and I had a whole room that was just my room full of sewing stuff and it was a disaster and it was a mess and Steve would just shut the door and walk away <laughs> because you know what's funny is I think that's the biggest house I've lived in <laughs> <laughs> that's actually true like as an adult huh yeah oh my gosh I've never thought about that three bedroom two bath it wasn't tiny. living room and family room two car garage yeah it's bigger than any house I've lived in since <laughs> that is hilarious so by Jessica's perspective it's a it's a tiny house it wasn't tiny house it was fans in comparison to <laughs> it was a decent sized house it's just that i don't know it just felt like at the time i was taking up a whole room for myself and that was good for our relationship and steve acknowledged that and you know like sometimes you feel guilty for these things that right. i have out of these three bedrooms that we have one that steve and i share one that's pennies i have a whole room to myself it was just all my sewing stuff. But finding space for those things, to go for the runs, to go do the things that bring you joy, to make time for time with your girlfriends. Also, at this time that I'm specifically thinking of, we were both going to support groups. And my time at the support group really helped me so much of giving me a purpose and realizing that I could help other people and understanding how much I'd healed and that we were in a good place, I think it was really good for me. So, tying to that, porn was very much a it was a stress reliever for me. It was a release. And so when I was super stressed, not taking care of myself and not in a good headspace and not physically healthy, like that's when porn was the biggest struggle for me. It's when I needed to like check out from reality escape for a bit, forget about problems. That's what porn served, among other things. But So also encourage your spouse to take that time for themselves, to go run, to go, or whatever it is for them that is a healthy... Their hobby. Their hobby. That's a healthy mental a health. hobby, a passion, an outlet. Get some endorphins. Yeah. That gives them a chance to check out and to just go do Clear their thing. Head. Yeah. I hear a lot of times of women who withhold sex because of pornography because they feel like it's fueling the pornography like if they're being intimate with their spouse then it's triggering pushing them to go 
want pornography and I don't view that as a healthy way to deal with this. I also understand that there are abuse, things like that that could be going on. That's totally different. And I'm not referencing that. I'm just talking about withholding it as a punishment for the pornography is very damaging. And I found that in my <laughs> going to those groups and things that I facilitated, it was not healthy or good for anybody. Anything else in there? Taking care of yourself. Like I said, this is a lot of my my stuff since I'm the one that was there. Okay, <laughs> you the, were the spouse. I was the spouse. Owning your part in the relationship is the next thing that I think was really important for me and that I think really worked well for Steve and I is that I owned up to my crap. I didn't just say, well, you have the bigger issues or whatever in our marriage. You're the one that needs help. My things are little. Instead, I owned all of the things, even the little things, and made a point to own those because it it invites the other person to own their stuff. And one example you gave was when you would apologize for, hey, I did not react well. And I'm sorry if that added to your stress or that I wasn't more understanding or well, you the, owned that. The fact that I'm the one who had the problem and brought the problem, but you didn't justify my reactions. Blowing up or you know, whatever it was you did, not that you yeah. blew up, but you didn't justify your inappropriate response based on the fact that, well, I'm not the one who looked at porn. I'm not the one who's the addict. I'm not yeah. the one who... Well, the scenario that I think about is when you were checking Steve's BlackBerry, yeah. looking for an email, and then basically closing it down and saying, you know what, I'm going to come clean and talk to Steve and owning the fact that I probably shouldn't have been looking through your email, uh -uh. but it started up the conversation because you owned what you felt you were doing wrong. Yeah. It made it a safe space for Steve to own up to what he'd been doing and to open that door. And so, and that is like the example I always give because it was such a pivotal moment. And when I remember, because I was looking through Steve's email, I was trying to find information. I knew where to find because the information. Because you suspected I was. I yeah, was worried I you had something. an affair. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you had. Right. And when I owned up to that, when I told you, hey, I'm sorry I did this. I broke your trust. I shouldn't have. I apologize. You then straight away told me that you had the affair. Mm-hmm. And so it does open that door to gain understanding, not always, but the more you do it, the more you own your stuff, the more often people are going to trust you and open up to you as well. Reminder, this takes time. It does take time. Right? Yeah. I know this isn't easy. Somebody the other day was like, you make it sound so easy. I'm like, <laughs> no, I know it's not easy. We know this is hard. It's still a continual process that we go through in our relationship and in all of our relationships, but... The hardest things are worth the most. Yeah, when you own it and those things, it becomes easier to do in everyday things. And then the last thing I have down is to not badmouth your spouse to other people or share information that you know isn't appropriate or that's too much. Or I'm not saying that needs to be approved because I don't think it needs to be approved, but share it with safe places only or with in situations where you know your partner's comfortable. How much of this information is you were in the thick of it with Steve? Were you sharing with your mom? None. And your dad? None. 
And I bring that up because I feel like you have a really good relationship with both your mom and your dad. Yeah. And you were very, very close with them. But at the same time, you knew you had to also protect who you vowed to protect Mm -hmm. was Steve. Yeah. And you knew I would have been mortified. Yeah. Knowing that your parents knew that about me at the time. Yeah. And I feel like I've been in a situation where Anne and her parents were talking about something that she thought I was doing wrong or something. Then all of a sudden, I felt ganged up on. Yeah. And I went into kind of a fight or flight mode with, okay, it's me versus them. Here we go. Kind of a thing. And it just wasn't healthy. No. And I think that there are things you should talk about and there are appropriate places to find support and to communicate. And sometimes that is your parents. Sometimes. For me, it was not. In our situation, it wasn't. And for me, it was very important that I checked in with Steve about where he felt comfortable with me sharing. But there are some situations where you just, you do need to have somebody you can talk to and feel safe saying that. I don't want anybody to feel like they have to hide. No. But you do like be aware. And I felt like the more I talked to Steve about, hey, are you okay if I tell so-and-so? Are you okay if I talk about this in this situation? I feel very strongly that it could be helpful to them. And you, Steve, sometimes you were like, no, no, I'm not ready for that. And other times you're like, yes, that's fine. And if I ever came to Steve and said, I really need this right now, he was like, that's fine. Go do what you need. And I know there were some times that you asked, hey, can I talk to so-and-so about this? And I was like, again, mortified at the thought of you telling them, but I I knew you needed to talk to someone. Yeah. This was your experience too. I was, I mean, you were struggling. You needed to have someone to talk to about it. So, yeah. I mean, I tried to- Thousands of podcast listeners. (laughs) (laughs) You had an interesting interview this week though, where someone gave a very different opinion and said, don't keep it a secret. Talk yeah. to people about your spouse's addiction. And I think we were trying to say the same thing, but we said really? it in different ways. But yeah, she did I, kind I, of like... I, I understood it me. as neither of you will ever be able to help this and and move forward mm-hmm. and heal it or whatever Until you talk if about you it. aren't talking about it. Well, and I think, and I go back to Brene Brown, by sharing that story and by letting the shame, by sharing you take some of the shame away. You realize that people are like, oh, yeah, I struggle with the same thing. More often than not, when you share this information that you're hiding or that you're protecting, people are going through the same thing or something similar that they relate to, and it helps you take the shame away and be able to deal with that. So in that, though, in that sharing, again, do it in a way that you're not just bad-mouthing your partner. Instead, share in a way that is saying, I'm struggling with this. I just need some support. Not saying my partner's a bad person. I just, this is what's going on and find the support that way. And I think Steve also trusted in that. One of the things was that he trusted that I wasn't doing it to make him look bad or to shame him or to put him down, but instead to provide support for these other people and to find support for myself. So those are my tips on our this week's uh, Dear Listener, which is Dear Spouse of a Pornography Addict. Cool. Take the shame out of it. Take care of yourself, own your part in the relationship, and then share information when in appropriate places and don't badmouth your spouse. Cool. Any other thoughts? That's super helpful. Okay. Thanks. Steve, your hair's distracting me today. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> You've got like curls I, and then like a spot sticking up. 
It's a little wild. I like it. I like it. And it's purple. I'm just not used to you having like the as crazy as mine. <laughs> you don't have any hair. Yeah. My hair's not crazy anymore. It's totally normal. I mean, not normal. It's just not mm. anywhere right now. It's not anything at this moment. <laughs> okay. Thanks, everybody. Have a good week. We really hope that you enjoyed today's episode, the first of our series in the Dear Listener episodes that we'll be doing. They will drop on the third Wednesday of every month, and we hope that you will learn and grow from them, whether this situation or scenario applies directly to you or not. There is always something to be gained that we can apply to our relationships, that we can have increased understanding for people who are going through similar things. We are basing these episodes off of questions that we received, off of inquiries that we have had so that we can better support you and the things that you are going through. And if you enjoyed this week's episode, we would love for you to show us some support by heading over to the Bold Logic shop and picking up one of our new coloring books. They are an awesome way to either get some bold affirmations in your life or to support an al- or a queer loved one in your life to be an ally. So we hope that you will go pick one of those up and maybe shop around while you are there. We do have our Be Bold shirts on sale right now as well. There are very few of those left. We have very limited sizes and we put them on sale so that we can clear those out. They will not be coming back to the shop in that form. So go pick yours up today. Thanks for being here. See you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Husband-in-Law. All right, now we have a challenge for you. We challenge you to go give someone a huge hug or send a simple gratitude note who needs to receive it specifically from you. If you've enjoyed this episode and you haven't subscribed yet, please be sure to do so now. Also, don't forget to give us a review. We read every single one of them. Until next time, keep striving to make your relationship the best it can possibly be.